I got his digits. We've been texting back and forth. He's horrible. He's a horrible person. This is going to be. You're, you're, you're saying that like oh, you're incorrigible, or is he actually horrible? Like he's murdered people. Like what did he tell me the other day? He said, "Oh God, you like him." I do. Like, I like him a lot. Oh he's God. horrible. He's terrible. <laughs> you like him? <laughs> terrible. He's a terrible, horrible person. Um, like, he's horrible, terrible. But yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> okay, I said, I asked him. I asked him what his dream job was, and he said, like um a billionaire prostitute slash poker player so <laughs> that's what his dream job would be so, so he would be said, a prostitute that garners billion dollar fees and he plays poker like i'm he's guessing <laughs> i'm guessing he's a billionaire he may have gotten that money from prostitution and or poker but he is a billionaire who sells his body for money and also plays poker. That would be his dream job. Booked and busy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we can all dream. So I asked him like, what else are you into besides poker and screwing? And he said, education, empowerment, health, and fitness. So, um, and I said, what kind of education? Are you super pro-black? If so, why? If not, why? And he said, I'm not black. <laughs> Then he calls me and explains why he's not black. And it, it, it was along the lines of that conversation that we had in the last, last episode where we were talking how, about how race is a construct. There is no such thing as black and white, mm-hmm. but, and so he said all of that and I'm like, hmm, well, I understand where you're coming from, but also black is the culture that we created as a result of this unique American experience. And I will cling tenaciously that because it's a point of pride. And because they're always trying to get it. Like, don't give them it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, why are you harassing me? (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I hate you so much. So did y'all smash? Stop talking to him. (laughs) No, this is what happened last. Shut up. This happened last Friday. And uh, we've been texting ever since. So it's been just a few days of texting. So verbally smashing. (laughs) stupid that's what i call talking <laughs> to anyone that sounds gross <laughs> that was very that sounds horrible with, it this, seems like... with this cashier <laughs> okay and scene Welcome to Rap in Atlanta. I'm Mita Sharice. And I'm Nikki. And in this podcast, we have a frank, honest, and open conversation about the FX show Atlanta. We have noticed that there are similar features in each show. And during our discussion, we offer our impressions on what those features are. There's a That's So Atlanta moment in each episode that most clearly and accurately depicts the spirit of quirk that is Atlanta and life in the American South.
Darius-isms highlight the special flavor the character Darius brings to the show because he is easily one of the most layered, complex, and compelling characters on television. There always seems to be a mystical element or some strange thing that happens beyond all logical reason and sometimes scientific explanation. We've all experienced those kinds of moments. And finally, the SGR moment is very plainly the moment in each show when shit got real and we are reminded that life is not a game and desperation has the power to motivate any and every possible action. Today we'll be discussing episode four, The Big Payback, or as I like to refer to it, Long Live Shaniqua. This episode was directed by Hiro Mirai and written by Francesca Sloan. When a Black man successfully sues a Tesla exec for reparations, white folks are forced to reckon with their slave-owning past. This episode was everything. I loved it. This episode was everything, but it was also heavy because, I, I mean, you know, we already referenced, we referenced something about reparations uh, in the previous episode. You know, so obviously that's what's on Ern's mind. I feel like this is yet, you know, another dream episode. Because um, how close are we to this in real life? Actually getting rep- reparations. There are a number of bills happening in various different states, but then there's also a House bill on the congressional level, you mm-hmm. know, the federal government level. So we'll see if it comes to pass. I was surprised that the uh, anti-lynching law passed. Very surprised. Yeah, I mean, but it had taken so long, so it's like, well, what is the difference now? What what pushed it? Because I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't get into the details and, and and follow it, but I know that it was not a new thing that that they've been trying to pass. No, for more than a hundred years they've been Isn't trying that to pass wild? that law. <laughs> yeah, it is wild. Yeah, it's very simple law, like don't kill somebody just because they're black. But nope, couldn't get that like, to pass. Oh, what if? I mean, do you do we really want that? <laughs> it's just so it's just so economical and concise. It's showing, not telling. <laughs> but you know what? I had a feeling that it would it would pass not because of not because of anything else, but the number of movies that have come out recently and they were all on Hulu, so easily accessible. So uh Billy Holiday's uh biopic um Mamie um Mamie Till's story you know on the fact that it was on ABC you know the Disney Channel which broadcasts all white people everywhere you know um just (laughs) a series of (laughs) all of those just them (laughs) that's what it's for I'm sorry that's what that channel is for let's admit it um yeah yeah but all all of those movies coming out during this past um legislative uh session and season i felt like it would be positive and it's crazy but that just goes to show you how valuable entertainment is you know as somebody who was a political science major you know and who has has worked in politics you know trying to impact change in that way and i still do but i know that any message that i've written as a form of entertainment has probably had a far farther reach. Every article I've written that has an entertainment slant, you know, has had a far more reach. It's, it's just like um, what the, uh, what's that thing called? The Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. So the, the Sistine Chapel is 
pretty much a billboard for Christianity. So it was it was designed by artists in a time where people could not read. So they they that was commissioned. You know those those uh, those walls were commissioned. That ceiling was commissioned to be painted to reach lay people and to entertain them and to tell them you know, pass them on a secret message because people, God forbid, people just learn just because you right. need to be entertained while learning. Right, right. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. No. So it's not just America. People have always been dumb. <laughs> They've always no, been. No, it's just people. Yeah. And, and too. Yeah, it's especially like in Europe. That's that's what's been most impactful, you know. So art art in museums means something you know art on television matters you know, art in, in the form of music matters because that's going to reach more people and that's going to persuade more things they said that um what's that dude was the guy dennis hasbert when he played the president on 24 that's what actually led the way to barack obama becoming the first black president yeah because people got used to seeing that yes. idea and they were like, they were oh, like okay i'm not we like that but just a little bit more cream in there there it is there we go it's like they adjusted their television set so for real life let's turn yeah. it up there we go ah good all right coffee mate press let's get off there <laughs> i read that yeah. yeah isn't that so so stupid? i was very happy to see a sh- but it's that it's just how things work so like if you really want change to happen get into entertainment you know and there's there's so many <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna withhold because I my mind just went on five different tangents, none of them positive. So <laughs> I want to save it for for negative tangent part of the show. I'm playing around with transitions, so we can totally <laughs> But I want to go back to something that you just said a couple seconds ago um, about uh, about entertainment having value, and it just makes me think about our trajectory, like black people's trajectory in this country where, mm-hmm. you know, we're the lowest on the totem pole, but if you can entertain, it's like that bumps up your value. You can like almost not be white. Like the guy talked about yeah. in the very first episode. Um, yeah, him. Um, like he talked about like, you know, they were always white. Like we are all very familiar with that phenomenon that happens when a, a beloved character or not character a, a beloved um public figure in our community we've known about them we've consumed their art for years but then they get noticed by the white mm-hmm. and then they transcend like whenever somebody says crossing over it's that really is just saying now white people know about you so now you're on a bigger stage and if you keep it up will smith you're not even looked at as black anymore which is the only reason why you asked yeah. people, one of the only reasons why you can stay at the Oscars after doing what you did. That and you didn't slap a white man, but that's another thing. Uh, we will retire that subject. Oh, but yeah. but like, so that, 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 that point, the point at which black celebrities become like just American or just like it should be, you, you usually have a talent and it's usually you're entertaining. Like it's usually something where it's like, you're making a lot of money for this ball club, whether it's football or basketball or whatever it is, there's gotta be a thing that then gives you value. And it's the entertainment value, which is a Mm -hmm. real phrase. It's just just like, oh, wow. Like when you think about the people, the black people that have managed to have good lives that are famous, that is usually why. Um, I'm sure there are lots of scientists that, that, that we don't know about 
and they're probably almost white too, but as far as people knowing about them and when you are granted real money, like you hear performers say this all the time, I'm about to go get that white money. And that's the money that allows yeah. you, like we discussed last time, where your money is making money. It isn't like bringing a, a backpack of $20,000 to a game or a backpack $20,000 to throw to random folks who are waiting outside yeah. your dorm room jail cell. But it's like real, like I said, my money's on this jump drive. <laughs> like that's when it's like, you're rich because your money is right here. And that's, yeah. just, that's just, that's interesting. And it, there is definitely a um, theme. And you said like, this is probably a dream too. Makes me wonder if, because they're in Europe, but I'm glad that they're giving us some Atlanta if when they go back to Atlanta and the other people aren't in it, that's when Ern is asleep. Like, are, are we going to start the next episode and he's like waking up from this dream too? Like the the times when they've not been overseas, I'm saying times, there's only been one time, but he was dreaming, right? Like the first, yeah, yeah. The first episode was a, was a dream and he woke up. There. Yeah, it just, I mean, that, that would be kind of cool if that's the convention that they're playing with. Like if it's next yeah. week, they're going to be, I don't know, in Paris. And then like, when we get another um, um, at Atlanta specific episode, if it's a daydream or just a dream or something mm-hmm. like that, which I'm fine with that too. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's, it's definitely a way to like, just articulate how um, that bond, no matter where you go, if you're tethered to a place, you know, a space and environment, then you're forever connected to it or wherever you go and you care about it. Just like, you know, I've lived here for the past decade. I've, I've, I've birthed and raised my kids here, but I'm still Californian. And if you ask every other Atlantan who's come from somewhere else, they still say they're from somewhere else, even 20, 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. be, because that's you. Uh, and I, I don't know if Atlanta is like New Orleans in this particular respect. They probably are because, you know, much as they hate each other because the football teams are very, very similar. But yeah. like in, in, in New Orleans, you better claim your original place because they can't stand when people start trying to act like that. You're not from here. Always rep your original city. Like they will say. <laughs> you're a transplant people down here claim they're original because original new orleanians lose their minds if you dare say i'm from here because i've been here for 10 years no you still from that other place we just let you live here (laughs) they're so serious they're like you must identify as a transplant (laughs) or there will be repercussions that's so serious but it's so it's 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 still ridiculous, though, because the transplants do indeed have an effect on the environment in which they dwell. You know, there mm-hmm. it's it's a stew. <laughs> it's a stew. Anyway, okay, so jump into this epi- episode. I love the progression um, that they show with Marshall Johnson, this character. He is so oblivious. He's living in this world. He is blissfully unaware of anything outside of his reality. Um, I thought this was so smart. He's standing in the coffee shop, ignoring the world around them. He stole the cookies. Did he mean to? No. But did he enjoy the benefits of that theft anyway? Yes, he did. And with a smile. And that is the entire episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can really just thank you for listening to Ralph in Atlanta. <laughs> and that's Our why he has to pay, pay it back. <laughs> Prime Vice Studios. Like, that's it. <laughs> Not to say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I 
love that. I loved, I loved how they told that little story at the opening sequence because that says it all. While this dude in the elevator talking about it's not fair. No, it's not fair how you've been benefiting off of this crime for centuries, blissfully unaware of the pain that it's caused, but still smiling all the way to the bank, you know, as you you've continued to build your life off off of the investment of our blood <laughs> like mm. yeah okay so he goes to his estranged yeah, well go ahead <laughs> well you... i was gonna say you said that he's like he's ignoring the world around him when it first came on i looked up because i recognized the intro to a podcast that i listened to the um radio lab mm-hmm. podcast and did you listen to what they were discussing a radio lab podcast or by Radio Lab, and they are talking. These two hosts are talking about. Isn't it amazing that um, scientists have been able to enter the wild, like the wild animals that are speaking? Of course, we don't understand what wild animals are saying. And he said, but they found a way where they can now interpret it, and now they're calling it instead of just like wild noises or something like that. It's wild talk or like wild language. And then the guy was like, it's pretty, it's like, now we can now step into this cool space and see what they're talking about. And while that's happening, because he has this AirPod on, which, (laughs) yeah, he's blissfully unaware, but that is totally me out in the wild all the time. I'm like, yes, like I have a podcast on. I was like, oh no, I'm identifying with this white man, (laughs) whatever. So while that's happening, the, um, there's a black man at the counter having like a very animated, loud conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Lance Irvin. Uh, and, and you can't hear him because he's muffled. But while they're saying, now we can interpret what they're saying, then he gets louder. And then mm-hmm. it focuses in. And you can't hear everything he's saying. But at some point, he's like, I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> like, he's having this loud conversation. And I just thought that that was, it was, it was a nice little connection, just very smart. Just like you said, like just with him having the cookies, just in this very little short way, they just show the whole thing, but also in how one of the hosts says, so it's, it's pretty nice. Cause now we get to step into this cool space where we previously like didn't understand like what was happening. And now we can see what's going on. And I'm like, yeah. And then are there going to be some white people coming in and saying, I made up elephants and the way elephants talk. It's like, yeah. Cause whenever you all are able to step into a space you mess it up or you take credit for it or something like that. And as they're saying that, then he's taking off. He, he takes his, his butt out because the cashier, I think, is like, is, is trying to see. Ask him if he, yeah. Now, what I didn't understand was the black man was standing there. Yeah, he was on the phone, but she was standing in front of him. Did she ignore him to just because she tells him to get back in line? What was happening? It looked like she was talking to him he was on his phone talking on his phone and then but he was still also ordering but so there was some interaction but it was just not the same interaction that she had with with the with marshall but my thing is so if i'm already up here and you you tell me to get back in line it's like uh first of all there was no line i'm the only one up here I, i wanted to find out wait what's happening with this right here and they totally they didn't, which I'm sure was on purpose, but I was like, in what world? And then he just let it go. And I could be because he didn't want to get murdered by the cops. Yeah. Like, you know, because they use that as a threat. Like, I'm going to call the police. Marshall does it later on. So yeah, it's, it was just but, so good. I'm like, this has been on for a total of 15 seconds. 
and there's 10 think pieces on this part alone. When this is over, yeah. I'm going to search first 10 seconds and it's going to be 25 think pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- that, that said so much. Like, you know, this guy is unaware. He comes in on the tail end. There's obviously been some sort of exchange that was not friendly you know, but it doesn't matter to him. So he continues. And then all the while he's stealing, taking advantage because she says, well, will there be anything else? No, he just gets a coffee. You and know? I think he really forgot because she startled him and he was like, oh, and he put it in his pocket. It was like a very, which I didn't notice the first time. Yeah. I didn't notice that, but I was like, what's up with the cookies? Why is he staring? But I was watching it live. So I, I didn't, like, I, I didn't want to go back, but I didn't notice how he just casually, you know, he wasn't trying to steal the cookies, but he did try when the, when the woman told him, sir, get, get back in line, he could sense there was something. He's like, no, go ahead. He said, no. So it's like, hey, I tried. I'm one of the good ones. I donate $50 to, um, to UNCF all the time. Oh, that's okay. Well, that's all I can do. Let's just keep it moving here. Yeah. It's, it's that, you know, again, that unawareness, the thing is like, well, it's not really affecting me. It's not have, having like a big effect on my life. It's happening to other people. It doesn't really involve me. And uh, so as he's going to the car after he discovers the cookies and eats them, does not go back back to offer to pay for them. It's beyond him now. Um, <laughs> it's we know, <laughs> yeah, we noticed the Fort Taurus the first time. Um, and I did, I had to watch the episode three times before I noticed that um initially so he goes by his estranged wife's house they're cordial they're polite and co-parenting there's a hope that they might get back together he hears the news story he tunes in you know he's listening to it actively listening to it but again it's happening to other people you know other involvement doesn't concern him plus he and his wife might be getting back together you know (laughs) that's what other things to worry about you know Mm -hmm. And his daughter's like, mommy sprayed herself with perfume. So, and I'm thinking, look, Katie, stay out of it. Your mom might have a date that's coming over after y'all leave. Stupid. Yeah, (laughs) you don't know what's going on. The kids, the poor kids. (laughs) What annoyed me about that, uh, the radio show was where they said, well, it just feels divisive. Reparations feels divisive. Anything (laughs) that's important to look at. You said earlier, People don't pay attention to things unless there's entertainment value. It's like whenever there's change, it is because we have gripped white America by their follicles right here. And you have to say, look at it. There's a pandemic and you can't go outside. Oh my God, what are they doing to this man? They just killed him. It's like, this is the one billionth man. Whenever they can't go anywhere and they're forced to look at it, Disney, like you said, it only broadcasts white people. They were like, what? What? Have you heard of Emmett Till? <laughs> like, yeah. They have to, like, he was not concerned with it. When he gets on the um, on the elevator with that uh, dude who looks like the guy from Modern Family, looks like a very yeah. angrier uh, KKK version of, um, can't think of his name. Brian Cranston? No, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Randall. Yeah. On, uh, Modern Family. I think his name is Randall. But this dude looked like racist Randall. And he's like, that guy's rich anyway. So there's a little bit of the class thing too. Like, yes, it's not affecting him, but Mm -hmm. that's another way that I think they were smart. Like they didn't choose a rich dude. It was a regular dude who, if you ask him like, Hey, I'm great. I'm not racist. I'm, you know, I, when I I could tell something, something untoward was happening to the young black gentleman in the coffee shop. I said, Hey, 
why don't you go? Like, I'm good. I'm cool. I don't have to interrogate anything. I don't have to maybe like give my daughter a heads up like about anything. I'm just a regular dude. He didn't care because he was like, the guy's not going to notice it. He's rich. And when they said that, I was like, yes, but something's going to happen where it's not just going to be about the the rich people anymore. It's going to be all y'all. And now you're going to get to see what it feels yeah. like to, like I said in the last episode, be trying to run and like somebody says their foot on your laces. It's like, mm, yeah, pull yourself up. Come on. <laughs> or like that. You're like, you're running and somebody's just, you're trying to hit and they're just like, ha. Ah. So like they did a good job of just showing like hey, your world is about to be rocked. And are you going to be Mr. Nice dude anymore? And it doesn't take long. Like that rage under the surface bubbling. I feel like the same thing happened here. You know, like when white people get mad, it's like, wait, what? I mean, they get mad. But, uh, and then that woman, like, look at them, not a care in the world, talking about black people. Like, bitch, not a care in the world. Are you, are you kidding me? She was so angry. So angry. I'm like, y'all are usually the ones that don't have a care in the she world. She was angry. She was so yeah, mad. Scratching, scratching her neck and everything, just oh, really that was having a, different a hard woman. time. That was the, the woman, woman the... sitting out there in the parking lot crying, like, yes. like her life is over. Yes, white tears. Yeah. But the, no, the woman yeah. was scratching her neck, that was a different woman from the one who he actually talked yeah. to that was like, oh, okay. That was like, look at them. Not a care in the world. I spit my drink out. Like, what? There's a, there care. was three different women. No, but yeah. it was it was hilarious because they're purely seeing it from a money standpoint. They're not seeing it from like all of this other trauma that happened on top of this. And finally- there's some some equity happening. They're just like, yeah, but we're losing our money. And we didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you're reaping you're reaping benefits. You're reaping benefits. Oh, girl, this is part of the end that says it all for me. But anyway, let me get there. <laughs> let's, let's get there. But yeah, I was laughing at the black folks that weren't celebrating because again, they're just gonna gather. They're not gonna be loud. But you know, <laughs> we're saying everything that needs to be said is about time. Meanwhile, the white folks are going back to their desk. They're doing ancestry lookups to see how this thing will affect them. You know, there'll be layoffs and whatnot. I loved it. He uh, he goes up. He goes on about his day. He's still a little bit more. He's a little bit more concerned. But again, it's happening to other people, not really him. Why should he look it up? His daughter brings it up. So they've talked about it in school. And then he starts off, well, Black people are like, no, this is, mm -mm. <laughs> don't I put it on Black folks. What else he's going to say? He, he was like, we're not racist. Um, right now, Black people are just, and I was like, just what? I wanted to know, like, what were you going to, like, they're just overreacting? Like, what were you going to say? I really, really wanted them to finish that. But really quickly, the way, because you know that that was a Black kid that went up to her and, and, and and uh said that like, this kid at school said that, that we're racist that's a black child that saw part of something and then just went to school and mouthed off and I know that because I did that in third grade after I watched Roots <laughs> I went to my evangelical 98.7 percent white school and church and told a girl in my class that she made us work <laughs> I just walked in and was like you made us work. And she was like, huh? 
And I was like, all of y'all, all y'all just had us working and you were mean and you beat us up and you, uh, I don't think I said split up families, but whatever little way I said it, that's what I was talking about. And I didn't clear this with anybody. I asked my parents no questions because when I was younger, I'd be like, I would come up with what a thing was and would never get it vetted. I was just like, this is what it is. I don't know where that confidence came. I never said, hey, mom, unless it was something where I'm like, I have no frame of reference, but I'm like, I saw it on the, on the uh, TV show. And my dad never stopped to say like, this is about a long time ago. I looked at it as all the other shows that come on are happening right now. So, so is this one because it made me afraid that my grandfather was going to get in trouble for being married to my grandmother because she's super fair. Mm -hmm. I was terrified for him. I just knew like, you're going to jail. And then I was like, why are they just flaunting this? They're just out in the open, just living in their house, not trying to hide. What is wrong with them? So there was that. And then there was me going to school and pointing in this little white girl's face saying, y'all made us work. Y'all are mean and you and you broke things up. And she cried and like went to the teacher. And I don't ever remember anything happening to me, but that's what that reminded me of. So when she said, Oh, this kid told me this, I was like, Yeah, that was a black kid, and no one is explaining anything to that child. <laughs> just he's just going up to people, accusing of being racist. That was just funny. That just made me think about some child that I traumatized. What if she remembers? We're friends on Facebook, and I often want to ask her if she remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> changed her life changed her life i i think this is was this the first time in the car riding home with his daughter he brings up the austrian hungarian thing and then keeps on bringing it up Hmm. no that was his second time i thought no 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 it was the first time the second time was with the woman yeah, because he brings it up again and she's like, like that was centuries ago. <laughs> what, the, what the confidence of someone who just found out that they were slaves too. It yeah. did not take her long to just totally just dig in, just like last week when what you were talking about with the mob, where it was like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take long. It's like, oh, we're going to put on like anger and oppression. Like they want to be oppressed so bad. Like, her whole attitude changed to like, personally, I don't think that they were hard enough on. I'm like, look at this bitch. Just immediately, you know, like, so you, no one knew that you were Jewish. And she's like, it's yeah. time for the world to know. Like, oh, so now you're proud. <laughs> it's just amazing how they don't acknowledge the, the way that they, they put aside what uh, ethnicity they do have or culture that they do have to be white they will act like they will gaslight you and act like you're making that stuff up like i've heard you say before like they're always talking about there's nothing going on but there are reasons why you um white people will say things like we're going to be outnumbered you you must recognize privilege in some way you're not going to give it up you pretend that it doesn't exist but you do everything you can to fiercely defend it and Mm -hmm. now you're embracing like why why was it why was it a secret? And to just watch all these white people grasping for some sort of non-whiteness was, yes. it was hilarious and infuriating. <laughs> yes. Even when he goes back to the wife, she's now owning her Peruvian heritage. She, there's no hope of them getting back together again. She doesn't need her finances messed up. And then she wouldn't even give him the lap that he asked for. She put it out in the trash. Put it in the trash. I saw that the third time. I was like, wait, that's the lamp. Like, homeboy should have, when he saw that, he should have known. 
because yeah, she still could have given it to him. <laughs> yeah, she still could have given it to him. For but in separate plates. She is sending a message. <laughs> no, she got to separate it from him as possible, even changing the color of her emoji. This bitch and- went to set it immediately. <laughs> That's what, but is that, how is that not unlike when you have European immigrants, there's no whiteness in Europe. There's, there's still the tribe, the tribal groups, the tribal ethnicities of Europe are still there, but there's whiteness when they come over here to America and they do everything in their power to absorb, embrace, inherit, you know, embody that. And it was so interesting to see the reverse. Like, yeah. mm, this white supremacy thing ain't working out no more. Like 100% How the fuck is that possible? That said so much because how the fuck is that possible? Any other time y'all act like it is impossible that you could have anything else in your Inside life. You. Even though you mm-hmm. live in Louisiana that has already said, I don't know if this was a fact that we pulled up that, or no, 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 from the museum. I was, I was reading. Louisiana has the highest percentage of white people that have other blood in them and it's like of course because louisiana was just like if it looked like a duck it quacked like a duck <laughs> we gonna fuck <laughs> like everybody was <laughs> fucking everybody so yeah but so any any other time they act like there's no way like they don't understand how you could even say and now she's like how is 100 nordic how is that possible I'm like first of all you look like the first barbie ever made um 100% Nordic, I was like, not only did y'all own slaves, but y'all probably started the KKK, because that's some pure white blood right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, y'all made sure that nobody ever darkened your doorstep, literally, <laughs> figuratively, and all that. So- there were so many funny little moments when he went back to work. So the Nordic thing, her talking about being Jewish, him bringing up the Austrian-Hungarian thing again, the fact that only two Black people came to work, and they were they were Black men, noticeably, because <laughs> there was four Black women there yesterday. They're like, Mm-mm, we're not coming back. Yeah, it's yeah no need. because they have two jobs, so whatever, because they stayed yeah. home, but they still had to work. But it also made me wonder, though, from how they... I, I don't know, this may be a reach, but I wondered if the two who came to work, if they had higher positions. Probably. Because like, it seems like it's some kind of shrimp company or like seafood place because you could see on the signs it said superior and they would never show the whole thing, but it looked like a crawfish or a shrimp or something like that. When he was riding up in the elevator, the file that Marshall was looking at, it was three shrimp. It was, and I think they were no to A, B, and C. So it's oh. like he was looking at test drawings of something. Ah, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice the file. There were a lot of little. I just noticed. It was a quiet episode, but there was a lot of little details. Right. I, I just noticed he had the picture of the superior thing in his cubicle. And then it was like maybe on the elevator behind him. Because I kept trying to see like, what is this company? Um, and it just reminded me of Bubba Gump. Oh, okay, wait, I see. So like that, yeah. like the mascot for, like a yeah, something. something. Mm-hmm. So I just so I, I would say let's say, like yeah, I noticed that the women weren't there. I couldn't remember though from the group when they were like not a care in the world if there were other men in that group, and it just made me wonder. I wonder if um if the other people have lower positions. So they're going to be the first ones to like, 
but get this i'm not going to work but like usually for for us if we're in higher positions we have more you probably interact with the white people even more and Mm -hmm. so like there's a bit of a there's more of a not tolerance but like you can deal with it more and you can see that in his uh in his interaction with lester i believe it was Lester. yeah because willie was the one that was like whatever ashley that was willie the names for some reason made me laugh like willie and lester like yeah those are yeah especially (laughs) willie um but the way that Lester was acting, it made me wonder. I wonder how many times Marshall has spoken to Lester. Has come in asking for advice. Right. Yeah. Like initiated a conversation that wasn't like, hey, uh, did you get my email? Like that wasn't work related. Because Lester didn't look like shocked that he was talking to him, but it was like a, what do you want, man? Like, I just liked how the Black people were able to occupy the space of being so unbothered and not unbothered the way we usually are because we actively have to make sure that we're unbothered. But this was literally like, we gonna be all right, like for real. <laughs> like y'all are the ones that are stressed out now. Yeah, because they, they were talking head, to like, each other about, they were talking about what new cars they were gonna buy, like uh, how the kids were gonna get a phone, how the man was gonna set up his other, I guess he had a previous relationship with a woman, they had kids. And so he was gonna move them out to a separate place. It was place more than one time. I was like, nigga, he said, this was mom and this was mom. I'm like, what, what? Because even his, cause, cause then Lester was like, oh, bird. Like it, it was, he was surprised. Like it sounded like he was saying I'm about to buy two houses or like two condos and he was like, Psh. You already know. And I'm like, I already know that your dick needs to settle the fuck down. <laughs> well, what I did get kind of mad about. So personal. <laughs> I do. Every time I see that, I'm like, I'm I'm Sierra's mama. <laughs> I immediately take on who is the downtrodden one? That is me. <laughs> I'm pissed on you. I need it for energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> anger gives me energy. My house is gonna be so clean. I just need to watch that scene again. I'm about to clean this entire house just off the like anger <laughs> is uh, a natural resource for me but um oh shit what was I gonna say I was a little irritated that one of them was discussing buying a Cadillac and it made me think about Dave that Dave Chappelle sketch which I think we should link to in the show notes where they got the reparations and people were just buying all kinds of uh-huh. <laughs> They're like yes son <laughs> I love what he says son <laughs> shows his age but he's so funny he's like son we about to buy this and this i was just like did they have to have him say kind of like i just like how atlanta will of course i'm forever like roasting white people but they poke fun at black people too like you know what we do <laughs> he's like oh, there's man, things that like. we do we just <laughs> that's what we do at night um what and that's when he gets served with the yeah papers. he's he's at home with his daughter they're having dinner mm-hmm and uh but uh, but but two times his phone rang from an unknown number and he ignored it yeah and he all this time he's being followed by the Fort Taurus Mm -hmm. and then finally you know and all the while this this Tesla lawsuit is getting closer and closer and closer to him until it shows up right on his front door I love that progression um the guy who serves in the papers he's there and then Shaniqua is there and yeah, <laughs> she's like, we're the, I'm Shaniqua Johnson of the St. Louis Johnsons. Yes. I was just like, it, like watching that. I was, I was irritated. I'm like, okay, Shaniqua. But then I said, no, she's acting. She's acting like a white person. She mm-hmm. just, she just came on in. Like, 
I have claimed to this. I've claimed to whatever I want, just the confidence. Cause I was a little scared for her, even though Marshall is not that white person that was going to be like, I'm going to institute the stay in your ground. I mean, Marshall doesn't have a gun. Like he's, you know, he's already like listening to NPR adjacent podcasts and things like that. It, it just mm-hmm. continues with the liberals are the worst. Oh, it's on the scene with, with the black people. There is a younger black guy, like actually Willie and Lester aren't even in the group. These are like other people. There's a younger yeah. black guy who for sure is probably in a lower position and he ain't coming. Right. He looks like, man, I've, I've been wanting to not come to work since my first day. <laughs> like because it's women and then it's this little like younger guy that looks like you know like first job either out of high school or like right out of college he's got his little college shirt on and he for sure like Lester and Willie have attained higher positions and the women probably lower because women and black so they're probably more like admin assistants where you don't feel like you have a claim to I need to make sure that I'm there because my big account that I snagged is going to have such and such. It's mm-hmm. like, whatever. They can answer their own phones and send their own email and go get their own coffee. It's like the unimportant but, Im- but important things because they are high-fiving and this looks like, this is the admin pool and he's the male dude. <laughs> yeah, so she show- Shaniqua shows up on his door. At, yes, uh, and I she on his that. doorstep. <laughs> I did. Well, yeah, well, you were saying that he he he's not the type to do stand your ground, but he is the type to weaponize the police because that's his first threat. I'm going to call the police. And she's like, I've already called them, you know. She said, yeah, so, she said, I've already been there or something. I was already over there. I was like, why? Like, what did yeah. she do with that? But because, and see, that's what makes this make-believe because she has the full force of the law behind her working in her favor and that's why i think this would never happen in real life really think that would happen here in this yeah, because even the white people in this I'm <laughs> unless we this all dream, go- were uh shocked <laughs> like wait really like this really happened when he was listening to the news uh to the report about it the two hosts are talking and the one host says like yeah you know like this may actually go through and the other was like no it did like i thought that that was strange he was like it did go through because it's like you're discussing this. This dude is in such denial that he's reporting on the story and he's still saying, I mean, this has a real chance. And he was like, it did go through. And the guy had this sound in his voice like, yeah, it happened. motherfucker, that's what we're talking about. Like that the dude was successful. And the other host was still like speaking <laughs> in maybe, maybe. And he's like, uh, it did. In fact, the hypotheticals. No. <laughs> yeah. Because that's no, what this they is, for this like done. paying a little bit of lip service, you know, so Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. Yeah, I, that's that's why I was also like I was also in a state of disbelief because there's there's no way like they would give us the full force of the law without other people and people would lose their their entire wealth and not be able to get it back, you know, paying paying back who they owe. Um, so what what happens after this? The daughter goes back to the mom's house. He pulls up to his apartment, and Shanique was uh now like camped outside um Um, well first before that because we didn't really talk about the part where he gets the text message from his wife she went and picked up the little girl from school and he was supposed to so he goes over to the house okay and then that's when we see the lamp is in the trash can (laughs) and is it is it my like i have to go to that part and snap a picture is it my imagination or does she look more brown or more something (laughs) like I looked at it at first. Her hair was always dark, you know, because I remember like noting, 
I'm, I'm always surprised when I see a brunette white woman because you know like usually on tv there's always some sort of like blonde or something and when I saw her I was like oh this woman has dark mm-hmm. hair that's that's all I even thought about then she said the proving thing and she had like a kind of brownish cardigan on but I swear to god that when he went back it looked like more earth tones and she just looked more like if you looked at her you would think oh she's not just white and to me she didn't look like that before I could be projecting I don't know but I was just like does she look a little bit more like golden or like like maybe not her actual skin but she was just like this and like her hair seemed like it was swooped more like 1996 when everybody was swooping like there's not a highlight or anything and before of course her hair was still dark but it seemed more like tousled like how mine is like kind of out of her face and this time I swear to god it was more like she put edge control on the front of it like swooped it okay so when she first referenced the fact that she was from Peru, I was just like, oh, I'm Peruvian. So none of this applies to me, bitch. No, I, I made a note to look this up. By the 19th century, slaves formed the heart of Peru's plantation labor force, despite opposition from they local the slave owners. They were the ones that did the most, um, Spain. And all that research that I've been doing on free people of color, Spain is up in that piece. <laughs> like not not Spain that and Portugal, Peru, but I'm saying it wasn't just white people like like no. Europeans in that way. But Spain and Portugal were primarily responsible for the way that the slave trade was was happening in South America, Peru's in South America. So mm. there was slavery all up and through there, and then there's still like extreme forms of colorism and uh, social. Um, what is it the the social caste system is it's like hyperbolic <laughs> you know it's, it's like there's like 20 30 different types of mixed by crazy levels of biraciality that you can have yeah so the fact that she said that i was like okay bitch well your truth will come out at some point <laughs> you it's know like, especially uh, if it's a global thing and not worst. just american thing yeah you're one of the worst <laughs> so shut up um it's another so they, example of they learned it from watching you <laughs> Yeah. So at this point, then, you know, after he passes the lamp in that, which was just petty, um, after he passes the lamp in the trash, then he goes back home and, um, (laughs) and Shaniqua is camped out outside of the apartment, you know, ready to, to lay total claim, like all of the cousins are there, they're having a cookout. And what cracks me up is how he is legitimately scared for what's his name? What's his name? Todd or Jason, who is in flip flops, but he he takes off his flip flops to run like the Terminator after it's gone. Now, okay, now I gotta tell you a little story. I know this is a tangent, but so Sharice and I, we were coming back late one night from the city, and we drove down Donald Lee Hollowell Park, where which which I talked about before. Um, you know, we drove through Bankhead. And so I was just like, okay, so now we're, you know, we're in a, we're in a neighborhood, one of those neighborhoods. She's like, we're going to be robbed. I'm like, yeah, because some niggas is going to be running down the street after us in the car. Like there hasn't been a red light yet, but we're going to be robbed driving down the street. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just like, stop it. It's like, Families and people live in this neighborhood just because it's black, you know, and mm-hmm. there's some, you know, there's some crazy things that may or may not have happened here in the past. Doesn't mean we're about to get knocked in the head and robbed right away. Marshall Johnson was driving away like this dude could really do something to him on foot. 
while he was in the car. You know that we're <laughs> magical human beings, not quite human. He probably thought there was some kind of slave like Easter egg or something that he had where his feet could turn into wheels or some stupid shit. <laughs> like, but yeah, so all of us are secret super niggas, like capable yeah. of just <laughs> superhero yes. powers. Yes. Including running alongside of a car and catching it. Not super enough <laughs> to be worth anything, but super enough to like. That's just insane. To harm them. <laughs> um, so then he goes to the hotel, right? After that? Yes. Yes, because it doesn't have anywhere to live. I would like to note that they were playing Keith Sweat and Make It Last Forever, which was a real black event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, make this last forever. <laughs> Reparations. Like, this is never going <laughs> to. I was like, now that is black. <laughs> like, they just all up, no, no real space, but they have camped out as if they're in a field. You know, we travel with like with, with, with those festival chairs and just tables <laughs> at any moment. It's like, yeah. like, is that a pot? Like, yeah, that's the that's the crab boil pot. It's in the back of the truck. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna need it. It's best to be prepared. <laughs> oh my goodness. When you become a homeowner, they issue you one. Like, here's your crab boil pot. Here's your little uh, card table. It's some chairs. <laughs> that was hilarious. So he goes, he goes to the hotel to avoid Shaniqua, and then he comes in contact with Ernest, um, who sits who, down. Who was from and the other? They're thing. talking. Ernest, like that's your boy. Yeah, he's from he's from Lake Lanier. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, he's, from, he's the guy from Lake Lanier. I recognized him right away, and I'm like. That's how I know, like, Earn, <laughs> like, this is Earn dreaming still. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I recognized him right away. They have their conversation. Um, and he talks about how, like, his grandfather always said that he pulled himself up by the bootstraps, but that was a lie. He had lots of help and he had lots of children. <laughs> a lot of kids yeah but he's like but now it's okay because we're all gonna be free you know your kids your kids are gonna be free of this and in a, in a way he's right you know like own up to it and face it and then you could be done with it and then we can all go on and live our lives but you're gonna pay what you owe you know <laughs> you need to pay what you owe i guess like everything you've done <laughs> It was actually satisfying when Ernest went out to the pool. I knew something was going to happen because I was just like, okay, this shot tells me that I need to be paying attention. They keep showing him outside the window. Yes. You know, something is going to happen. Yeah. And he he died in the water. Because did, did he die did in like Lanier? His name. Why is he named after Ern? I don't That's know. So weird. That, something. It's something to that. Because, yeah, I noticed that right away. His name is Ern like yeah. you know and I did not realize that I noticed that it was him but the name yeah. I don't think I noticed that till the second time I was like wait a minute because you know they don't always say Ern like you know like Ern is with people who know him so you don't overuse somebody's Thank name mm -hmm. I was just like so when we get our Atlanta elements it's in Ern's mind because like you said in this episode in this recording and the one previous no matter where you go where you are tethers you so 
he's in Amsterdam and what London and all these different places who knows what it'll be next week but he's still I feel like he's thinking about what things like he's thinking about home but then he's also juxtaposing that with like we said before he's in the he's in the crotch of the grandpappy of racism <laughs> like yeah where all this shit started like that center clause is like like when you're studying something and you'll see like this this was the very first bike and it looks like a bike but there's something like weirdly like ancient like it's a precursor so he yeah. is in, like the precursor to racism because that center clause is super creepy and looks old but if you put it next to sambo it's the same thing it's like yeah, yeah it's just evolved into this so yeah it's like he i guess it's really being affected by the experiences that he's having overseas because we always think there's no racism over there or it's different because so many black people like entertainers stars left here to go there so you have in your Mm -hmm. mind that it's better and it just makes me wonder did Ern think oh it's gonna be lit because you know it's so different over there but he's seeing like oh no this was the blueprint yeah the bullshit that America just like made better through that good old American know-how they made it like yeah worse you know, we, we know it exists. We know it's deeply entrenched and it's, it's, it's beyond the pale of being fixed. And, and we all saw it, the racism that exists plays out on a grand stage, just with Meghan Markle alone. And, you know, just the rejection of her, like, how dare she, you know, become one of us when she's, she's so not one of us, you know, it, it's just it's like, you're right. Insane. She isn't, she's better. And you remember how one of the members of the royal family wore that, wore this brooch. She pretended that she didn't know that that it was offensive. Yeah, it was like, was it a monkey? It was something that was basically like blackface on her on her on outfit her shirt. for the yeah. wedding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. So it's more insidious, and I think that he's you know he's unlocking that, and it in turn is unlocking certain things in his mind. You know, thoughts that he's having. Um, after Marshall has this conversation with Ern, Ernest, before he shoots himself in the pool, I like how he, he go, he's, he's obviously affected by the conversation that they, they just had. And so he goes and looks up Shaniqua's Instagram page because his coworker has told him that, oh, she's all over Instagram. <laughs> and she's yeah, that's really what- like no longer one of one of them she was like oh she's just talking about how much money you are she is so cool and comfortable now that she's found out she's 69% Ashkenazi Jew that the way she even relates to the other white people is like she's other now yeah like just the she just settled into that like "Mm." I'm surprised it didn't show her like trying to have lunch with black people I guess because there were no white people there (laughs) but again I've seen the reverse of that happen all too often so so yeah it was oh god this episode this is this probably becoming one of my most favorite episodes of this season at least um but yeah she looks he looks up Shaniqua's Instagram page and sees this video and recognizes her humanity she's out there riding bikes with her kids and she's like oh I'm so proud of you and he's he now sees her as a person which I don't think he saw before. She was just a nag, a nuisance, something that's, you know, that was claimed. claimed. Yeah. 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 But now she's a person. So is it after this that he is resigned to the fact, I mean, well, there's the suicide, but then he's resigned to the fact that he's got to pay what he owes. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's after he sees her saying I'm, I'm spreading my babies and I like how the I guess he's a bus boy uh like after the guy kills himself he was like there's a lot more where that came from like so people have just been offing themselves yeah <laughs> just at this hotel yeah and then you, you you see him it doesn't start the scene doesn't start off with him it starts off like it's going to follow this uh latinx looking guy who's on the bus who's listening to the weirdest music ever like why are you listening to this music that should be the backing for a tech commercial yeah i don't it's know weird. and then but i was it's also bus driver because she ain't watching the damn road she flirt with him like bitch you got people's lives in your hands <laughs> watch the road I, i've never seen a city bus driven by a white person oh she was white before. she wasn't if you look at it, she was blonde yeah but now i thought she, she was also spanish no she okay. might have been ethnic and like but anyway i've never i've never seen that before usually the bus drivers are black or you know well she probably black. did because they're taking their i guess they're having to take on these menial type jobs now uh yeah and you never know it could be in maybe he hasn't quit his job it could be in addition to yeah so because he okay so he's he goes back he's working at this restaurant um he has to go back at the end and and say who he's paying restitution for <laughs> they like ooh, 15 percent he's trying to get that shit over with yeah but also i saw that as so i thought wouldn't it be interesting if in this world the new liberal humble brag is the percentage that you're giving for reparations to show that you're yeah. a person because it was kind of like that like you it seems like probably you only need to give 10 or like mm-hmm. that maybe that's the minimum or maybe that's the maximum um i also thought that it was interesting that because he makes it a point to say at least they're not garnishing tips well i worked in a restaurant for years the real money that you make is in tips servers make two dollars and like think i think they got a raise to 22 25 an hour because it was mm. 213 an hour for years um and that's based in racism too like that whole thing like used to be like yeah. why is this okay that these people are making this much and no one because they make the most in tips i wouldn't be surprised if he still works at the little at his regular job because if you're like all servers know you make your money thursday to sunday like yeah. local service who didn't even bother like they didn't do lunch rushes and monday tuesday wednesday thursday to sunday I've seen it. They make bank. They, that is where their money is, especially if you're a good server. This is someone who has held on a professional job and like mm-hmm. knows how to be, you know, like he has some sense. So he's not probably not a server that sucks. So he's probably yeah. making his, his, his tips because the more educated you are, you know, if you're taking a lower job, you just do it in a more excellent way than like somebody that's trying to like save money for their first car, like a teenager. You know, yeah. like people like to hire those, those kind of folks. I would not be surprised, like you're, you're pointing out that this that this woman is uh, who's driving the bus. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if all the white folks that you see that are doing this, it's an additional job. So yeah. it's like, this is my reparations job. Because many of us have two two jobs, you know. Exactly. Or yeah. three. Well, I, I noticed that. And then I also noticed how most of the diners in the restaurant were Black. There are a few few non-black folks might have also been people of color, but another race or whatever that somehow wasn't directly affected and having to pay back the slave trade. But now they're enjoying life and they're being waited on hand and foot by these white people. And that was that was a very sweet that ending. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very it. sweet ending. Yes. I enjoyed this show. Is this is this gonna happen without a war? No. Yeah, there, there's like, I was like, this is real sweet, but like, 
they'd be killing folks. Yeah. You know, like we, we, we would have to have a war. I mean, I, you know, like you were, you, you mentioned that, <clears throat> that what switched him over was seeing her humanity. I think also he loves his kid. And mm-hmm. when he said your child would be free from this, I, I think, I think it's all about just his daughter too. Like not yeah. having to deal with this. Like he looked at the video of her, she's talking about her kids and, you know, and I agree that it made him look at her like a human because they don't look at us as human. You know, mm-hmm. it's why they're always like pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, well, you you care about your kids. It's like, we're not dogs. Even dogs care about their damn kids, but they don't see us as quite totally human. They just don't. And it's ingrained in them, like in their, in their DNA. Like if they come across a black person that has the same traits and qualities as them, then you're like an exceptional black or something. And it's like, no, really, I'm just, I'm a person just like you. So I think it was twofold seeing her with her kids and then thinking about his own and how distressed his kid was. Cause they're not talking, they don't talk to their kids about anything. Cause she mm-hmm. was legit worried. Like, are we racist? And they don't have to, <laughs> they don't have to discuss it. And she obviously doesn't know what slave means either. Cause she, cause he was like, do we have slaves? She's like, Mr. Perez. It's like I paid Mr. Pedro, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's amazing how like, okay, now you're noticing things, you know, like yeah. stepping into the wild. Like, did you see how he looked at those people? Um, like he's listening to the report. Um, I don't know at which point this happened, but he's driving past like a BP. And it's just like yeah. two, two black people like laughing, but it's like he's noticing, oh, black people. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're all around you, living life, you know, not strangling you. <laughs> My That's So Atlanta was the front porch cookout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's been a while since I've seen one, but yeah, they do exist. Um, (laughs) Very black, slight look. We don't have space. We've got a backyard, but we're going to make this front porch work. Let down the bed (laughs) of the truck. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's a built-in seat. It's a window seat. Yeah, it is tailgating, except, you know, it is the equivalent of tailgating. Mm-hmm. My That's What Atlanta was. So at the beginning of the episode, they show a family picture um, and it's it's a zoo Atlanta. She's got on a zoo Atlanta t-shirt and her face is painted like a panda. Oh, and oh. Um, yeah, so I was just like, yep, that's Atlanta. Um, and then also the radio personalities <laughs> riffing about Oh, I'm gonna get my apologies. Apologies. <laughs> it's like I know somebody owed me 50 million right now. That is exactly how we would talk about this. Because that's how we talk stupid. about everything. Yes. <laughs> um mystical element for me was 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 Ernest making another uh appearance, schooling somebody on, you know, the history of racism, white supremacy. Yeah. I like how yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing. Um, I, our SGRs were slightly different, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so mine is when E commits suicide. Uh, just the, just how shocking. Like, like you said, from the shot, we knew something was about to happen, but, um, I don't think that I was expecting that. It just, just jarring. I mean, whenever someone just blows their brains out quietly, it's always. A little shocking. <laughs> like, it should be shocking. It should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, everybody I, but but your boy working the dining room was shocked. He just kept wiping his table down, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. So um 
there was something that he said where I was just like, okay, yes. And that's when I noticed where, you know, the protagonist is like, okay, this is real. It snapped for him. And then that's what made him go look at, you know, her, her Instagram page, Shaniqua's. But when um, Ernest says slavery is not past, it's not mystery. It's a cruel, unavoidable ghost that haunts in a way that we can't see. Yeah, that's real. That's institutionalized <laughs> racism. Who wrote that? Was that for Tra Francesca Sloan wrote that? Yes, honey. Yes. Kudos. Hats off to you. I could not have done a better job in encapsulating. This was awesome. Yes, it was a great episode. In the show notes, I plan to put um, there was a woman who sued for reparations um, in the late in 1800s, Henrietta yep, Wood. Sure post a link to that article i will also post a link to the uh the legislation um that is moving through congress it's been there for years and it's one of the things that ice cute was trying to talk about it but he was unaware of what's He's already talking. been happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Sorry>. he <laughs> yeah he 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 thought he knew this is this this quest for reparations has been going on for centuries now. Um, and so, so yeah, and someone has successfully won a case. So it's only a matter of time before we have the right, you know, the right plaintiff and the right defendant. Mm -hmm. And it could set a great precedent, but I think knowing how the law works, there's always lawyers waiting for wealthy folks to change so they won't be adversely affected. Now, it could be that um, they change the laws and then put it back on regular white people, you know, just middle income white people like this man. Yeah, but I'm not interested in that. Go for the companies like we, we, like we talked about that successfully disavowed, not publicly, but like change like their uh, their main imports and exports um to successfully hide that their that their original um main um item was was, was people like i want it from the companies because some of these regular white people they don't have it they don't yeah but they still need to pay too because again his ancestors did own somebody else and True. whether they whether they owned one or two slaves or several hundred, like some of these big families did, they still need to pay because they were getting yeah. free labor, labor. They were setting themselves and their, you know, uh, their offspring up for a success that we've not ha had a chance to enjoy in the same way at all. Mm -hmm. So, and I liked how, um, how Ernest laid that out. Just like he, he said, I forget the exact words, but he was like, um yeah so uh your wife's gonna leave you uh, mm -hmm. it's just it's, it's just gonna be her with her daughter she's gonna have to start from the beginning um he was basically like describing our situation there's nothing that we have ever been able to draw from you know like we've never been able to have like our, our ancestors were not able to leave us anything for us to mismanage or not but there was never a thing to pass on that uh that you can rely on because everything was taken from us. You know, it was it was against the law for us to be literate, which is like step number one in trying to earn anything. Mm -hmm. Any time we were able to get some sort of gain, it was taken back. You know, yes, you can vote, but you have to pass this 
literacy tests or you have to own property or you have to, you know, just like all of these things that literacy really does pave the way for. Um, and we're talking about light work here because let's not talk about the bank, the one bank that existed for all emancipated people. And then it was federally protected. So at one point, it, it would be the equivalent to billions and billions of deposits per day, all black owned, but then rich people came in, changed the laws and pretty much emptied out all those banks. For, so for the longest time, why was your black grandmother keeping her money in the, in the freezer or in a mattress? Because she could not trust the only bank that she was allowed to use because of that fuckery. And then all of the black owned, the black towns, the Oscarville that was flooded that our, our friend Ernest came from, you know, uh, Tulsa, the city that used to be Central Park in New York, those were black towns and they were taking from us even as Rosewood, we were accumulating yeah. wealth. Yes, as we were accumulating wealth. So it's not just, you know, we didn't have anything to begin with coming out of slavery. And then what we built that was stolen as well. You know, things were denied. So yeah, somebody needs to pay what they owe. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, you're right. You're right the redlining like there's always another way to like okay you got this we're gonna do this and you raise you raise the flag about it and they're like what what are you talking about what are you it's just like they're just able to like play both sides and just play dumb and and, oh man I'm just glad I'm glad that they showed this type of person a liberal because they are the worst um because that's what kept this from being like we know that it's not going to happen there were little indicators that showed like yeah this is a dream and I was happy that he did it that way and uh or that Francesca whoever's idea it was I'm glad that they decided to go this way and not like a fantastical type revenge thing that might be kind of satisfying but it's like that's not gonna no it's like like people like roaming the street just like slashing folks next it was very subtle and it was done using things that are familiar you know laws and like uh things being garnished from your check so Mm -hmm. i think it does two things like yeah this is going to happen without a fight but it also makes it look doable like oh okay yeah if you're willing to understand why this needs to happen this doesn't have have to devolve into a civil war situation just pay what you owe because you've been benefiting off of it all this time and so what you mad at your ancestors be mad at them but pay a nigga now yeah yeah this is is excellent thank you for watching rap in atlanta is recorded and produced by nita sharice and nikki ebro our theme music is joy clark's galaxy groove performed by joy clark discover more about this talented artist at joyclarkmusic.com Rap in Atlanta's artwork is created by Prime Vice Studios. Learn more about this intellectual property development agency at primevice.com. You can find us on your favorite podcast player as well as YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow Rap in Atlanta on Twitter and Instagram at Rap in Atlanta.